Welcome to our last day of looking together at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, day 5. We're going to look at verses 15 to 18 today. And these, these verses, this chapter is so important for facing criticism, which we all face in our lives, and which just gets to us. It just hits our hearts in such strong ways that I just want to review once again these truths that we've walked through. How does God help us with this? Three things we've talked about. We're going to talk about a fourth today. First thing you do is you choose your weapons wisely. The critic's weapons are deceit and conceit, lies about others, lies about yourself. Don't choose the weapons of the world. Choose the weapons of Christ, the meekness and gentleness of Christ, the divine power to demolish strongholds. That's how I'm going to fight. Second truth is you look past the surface of things. You look past the appearances and you look for God's authority in your life. What's God asking me to do? And how do I do that? Don't run from the situation. Don't attack in the situation. Live out God's authority in the situation. And then the third thing you do is you handle your accomplishments well. You learn how to think about your accomplishments, not comparing yourself with others, but looking to Christ. And you learn how to talk about your accomplishments, not with pride, but with praise and what God has done. Today, we're looking at a fourth principle for dealing with criticism. The fourth principle is you focus in faith upon your hope for the future. You focus in faith upon your hope for the future. You don't just get stuck in the argument and the relationship. You also focus on what God's doing in your life. Listen to the last half of verse 15 and verse 16. Our hope is that as your faith continues to grow, our area of activity among you will greatly expand so that we can preach the gospel in the regions beyond you. For we do not want to boast about work already done in another man's territory. Now, just very quickly, look at what Paul hopes in these few verses. He says, first, I hope that your faith would continue to grow. We hope that as your faith continues to grow. Then he says, we hope that our activity among you would greatly expand. And then he says, we hope that we'd preach the gospel in regions beyond you. That's his hope. So he's pointing them to the work of what God is doing. You see, the most important thing about our life is relationships, our relationship with God and our relationship with each other. But if we get stuck on just trying to solve our relationships without realizing God's given us a task to do, a job to do, then we get in this quagmire of relationships and we can never seem to get out. So you have to also focus on what, what does God want me to do next? Where is my hope leading me? What does God have in the future? So he says, I'm hoping, I'm expecting that your faith's gonna keep growing. That's what I'm looking forward to. Paul says, I'm hoping that out of that, I'm expecting that your church is gonna keep growing. Our activity is gonna greatly expand. The church in Corinth is gonna get bigger and bigger. More and more people are gonna be reached. That's what I'm looking forward to happening. And then he says, out of that, I'm hoping that we'll have a base, a launching off place where we can go past where you are to preach where nobody's heard the gospel before. This was Paul's goal. He says here, we don't wanna boast about work done in another man's territory. Now, that doesn't mean you can't do that. That just was Paul's goal. God had told him to go where no one else had been before. That was his goal. That was his command. That was his authority given by God. Other people had to come behind him and become somebody who preached there and followed up and built that church. So Paul says, here's my hope. I'm going to focus in faith upon that hope for the future. That's one of the ways that you defeat criticism in your life. You see, the temptation of criticism, what Satan wants you to get caught up in is the past solving the past, talking about the past. And I'm not saying you don't need to go to the past sometimes and deal with an issue and get a forgiveness and get understanding. Yes, we need to do that, but you don't get stuck there. You don't live there. 
That's Satan's temptation. He wants you to get stuck there. No, you look past that now, and you look to the future of what God wants us to do. Now, as we end this chapter, we have some verses where Paul talks about what it means to boast and how you boast in the Lord. We've talked about this several times in 2 Corinthians. In many ways, we're going through a theology of boasting in 2 Corinthians. And I know for many of you, every time I say the word boast, you just cringe a little because the word boast to you means pride. But there is a different kind of boasting. I understand there is a prideful boasting. There's no doubt about that. But there's a different kind of boasting, a godly boasting, that Paul is leading us to understand as we walk through the book of 2 Corinthians. And I would say that the most important verses for understanding this godly kind of boasting are really the next two verses, these last two verses in chapter 10. Here's what Paul has to say about boasting in these verses. But, verse 17, but let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. For it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. Now, let me just remind you of where we've been and of what Paul is teaching us here when we talk about boasting. Back in chapter 1, verse 14, Paul taught us that boasting isn't done out of pride, it's done out of love. The reason I talk about what God's doing is because I love the people that God's doing it amongst. I love the Lord for doing it. So it's done out of love. It's an expression of love. In chapter 7, verse 14, and also in chapter 9, verse 1, he reminds us that boasting is lifting up the Christ-like qualities in another person's life or lifting up the Christ-like qualities in a church's life. So you look at somebody and say, you're a very generous person. I love it that Jesus is doing that in you. You're a very thankful person. I love what the Lord's doing in your life. Or you look at a church and you say, this church, this church serves its community like no other church. Thank God for what this church is doing. That is a boasting that lifts up the Christ-like qualities in another person or in a church's life. In chapter 10, verse 8, Paul reminds us that boasting is recognizing the field of responsibility the Lord has given you. He says, I don't mind saying this is what God's given me to do. Now, some people might think of that as boasting. How could you say that? God told me to do this. God's given me this responsibility. Well, he gave it to you, so you better be able to say it. You better be able to say it. If he's given you a ministry, you better be able to clearly say, God has given me this ministry for this purpose. If he's made you a parent, if he's made you a teacher, if he's put you in a job, God's given me this for this purpose. It's recognizing the field of responsibility that God's given you. And then here. Here Paul reminds us that boasting is focusing on what God can do through us, not on what we do apart from him. And this most important word about boasting, let him who boasts boast in the Lord. So the boasting that's done out of love, you're focusing on the Lord. The boasting that's lifting up the Christ-like qualities in another person's life, you're boasting in the Lord. When you recognize the field of responsibility the Lord has given you, you're boasting in the Lord. When it gets too focused on me, it becomes pride. When it becomes focused on the Lord, it's godly boasting. I want to invite you. Do this in your mind right now. Boast in the Lord. Let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. So right now, in your mind, boast, think in positive, strong terms about the power of God's presence in your life. Boast in your mind about the working of God's Spirit in your life. Just in your mind right now, just take a few minutes to think about this with me. Let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. So you've seen some changes in your life since the day you became a believer in Christ. Boast in the Lord right now. Lord, thank you for those changes. It might be in the way that you speak. It might be in the way that you treat others. It might be in the things that you're concerned about. Boast in the Lord right now. God, thank you that you did that in me. 
It might be that there are new habits in your life, reading God's Word, talking to God, fasting, spending time in focusing on who God is, His character. Boast in the Lord right now. Lord, thank you that you've brought these new habits into my life, these new directions into my life. And then think about the gifts that God has given you. And they may be gifts of administration and organizing. They may be gifts of teaching. They may be gifts of helping and caring for other people. Right now, boast in the Lord. Since you've become a believer, how have other people's lives been changed by your teaching or by your organizing or by your helping and caring? How has God used you in that hospital room? How has God used you in that meeting? How has God used you when the church got together? How has God used you in that small group? How has God used you in that personal conversation? How has God used you when you chose to serve? God used you. So right now in your mind, boast in the Lord. Let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. That's a healthy thing to do. Why? Because it reminds you, it's not me, it's him. But it reminds you, it's him. He's doing something. He is working in your life. When we're too reticent to boast in the Lord, we forget the great things the Lord is doing. Right now, Jesus, in our minds, we boast in you. We boast in your goodness, your greatness, your glory. And also in how those things are reflected in our lives. In the good things you're doing in us. In the great ways you're using us. In the fact that you're bringing your glory into our lives and we look forward to your glory forever. Lord, it's hard for us to boast because we see all of our faults and all of our failings. But help us to be unafraid to boast in who you are and what you're doing in our lives because we see all of your goodness, all your grace, all your greatness. So right now, we boast in the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Next week, 2 Corinthians 11. 2 Corinthians 11 is about the kind of love that can turn a relationship right. Right. 